Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, dear ones. I hope you're doing well wherever in the world you are. First, we'd like to apologize for the lengthy hiatus. Uh, We had to travel back and forth to India because of some personal issues that required a little bit of relocation for loved ones, which we were able to accomplish. And as a result, we just played some episodes periodically, and uh, some of you have been faithful enough to continue to listen to information. We are in some dire circumstances right now, so today as I come to you, I'm in the throes of preparation for a series of uh, tracks that I will be uh, engaging in uh, this week in North Carolina, next week in Canada, in a couple of weeks in the broader Middle East, and then back to India. Some of the issues that we are tackling is why has there been such a cultural shift and a chasm that has evolved in our times. When you just scroll down TikTok, or which I don't have, or go through the shorts on YouTube, which I do occasionally view, you see an increasing number of controversies that revolve around the same subject of human identity, human sexuality, and human behavior. These are all taboo topics, uh, have always been taboo topics, because almost every one of us is one person removed from someone who is either afflicted or a participant or unknowingly part of a process. That doesn't mean they can't be talked. Uh, If you go back to Holy Writ, not only are we asked not to participate in them, but we are supposed to challenge that which we feel we shouldn't participate in because of the simple reason that if it is not challenged, if it is not checked, we will continue to go down this path. I think the last episode we did live was called The Intellectual Abyss, where we are finding ourselves in this divided um, chasm, this so-called ravine with its ends dug out, almost like a perennial grave that you can just stack dead bodies, vertical, head to toe, head to toe, and the grave never fills and the grave never ends because this world is consuming us at such an alarming rate. I was listening to some uh, podcasts in my own preparation for the weeks ahead as I'm asked to talk about this issue, this issue of whatever happened to the gender roles that we were assigned, uh, the gender identity that we were ascribed, Uh, This is not to diminish, demean, or disturb anybody else's proclivity or their passion for it. This is just that there are some things that have to match what we call the test of logic. So just as one group of people may arrive at an individual flowering of thought based on an identity that begins with a subjective thought process of my heart likes it, my head believes it, uh, you need to accept it, and you need to applaud it. There is a parallel to just about every thought process that humanity exists. Otherwise, as the great man once said, you're going to walk through life believing there is such a thing as a one-ended stick, and the end you hold is the end that is righteous and justified. 
Now we can give ourselves broader classifications and say, what would Jesus do? And don't you love people? And don't you love the planet? But just about every argument has to have a counter perspective. Otherwise, it ceases to be an argument. It becomes an executive fiat of some kind where you say, I'm going to enforce my belief, my thought, my opinion, my idea, and my characterization on you. And if you challenge it in any way because of uh, a regressive mindset or an archaic, archaic belief system, I'm going to brand you prejudicial and bigoted. But the bottom line is, if we don't stand for that which we believe, as Dr. Martin Luther King said, you're going to fall for anything that someone else believes. And as a result, this creates that controversy because people are shell-shocked from the pulpits where Puritan thought has to be shared and uh, prophetic ideas have to be professed. People are now shirking from their responsibility because we are in a virtual world. And because half the congregation is receiving their information via a digital medium, either because of convenience or condition, people are not, share, are not sharing the truth because they're afraid that their perception of the truth or their opinion of the truth, when canvassed, and if it goes against the grain of broader public opinion, people will perceive it in a way that you didn't intend it and you're not there to defend it. Folks, if your truth has to go through the lens of dying a death of a thousand qualifications, it's not truth. It's justification. I'm an old-fashioned salesman, and I was taught a long time ago, if you're justifying the product that you're selling in terms of over-explaining the features and trying to somehow make sure that the benefits match the client, then you're not selling, you're just telling. If you're selling, you should believe that what you're selling is something that is worthy of the transaction. You sincerely believe that every uh, benefit you have will overcome a specific objection. Every feature you have has multiple benefits, but you err on the side of belief that when you fund complete the transaction, the customer will get the better deal because you may get the commission and, spell it and, and uh, spend it, but the customer will enjoy the benefits of that product forever. So using that sales analogy, I stand tall and walk proud in some of my beliefs. People always ask me, has it cost you business? Absolutely. Has it cost you friendship? Absolutely. Has it cost you people who thought that you were prejudicial to the degree that you were just someone who was coming from a Judeo-Christian perspective and you were archaic and that the world has evolved? Absolutely. But what it has not cost me is the ability to sleep a blissful sleep. The sleep that says that the God who made us and created us Folks, it goes back to that very basic. And uh, Wadi Bokum, that great preacher, always says that if we believe in the evolutionary thought of humanity, then that thought has to continue to evolve. But if you go down that path, then you negate the first 11 chapters of the Genesis account. And many well-meaning people will say, yeah, I can subscribe to the evolutionary thought of individual flowering of thought, and I can negate the first 11 chapters of Genesis and just pick up from there onwards and not believe that God created man in a certain way and woman in a certain way, and he had functional roles and responsibilities for them and help, etc. But what he goes on to add that Jesus Christ himself subscribed to Adam and Eve as portrayed in the Bible. So if you're believing only one part of it, then you're basically saying that Jesus Christ himself may have not known the actual truth because he was subscribing to a truth that you and I seem to want to negate because we want to have that individual flowering of thought. 
I know I'm riling some feathers. I know I'm angering some people who are listening to this, but we are running out of time. As I travel around uh, the United States, many people say, God bless America. And I say, God has already blessed America. Uh, America turned her back on God. So maybe it's time for America to get on her knees and say, God save America. But as America goes, goes the rest of the world. So as I travel the rest of the world, I see these idiosyncrasies seemingly very innocuously kind of creeping in uh, to every culture, every society that 5, 7, 10, 12 years ago would have been considered blasphemy in public dialogue has now become almost a boon to talk about. And unless you go to a party and you're willing to engage in ideas that are antithetical to anything you fundamentally believe in, uh, you might be at home for a long time because just about every party you go to, every gathering you go to, every every, uh, classroom you attend, every convention you speak at, have people who are subscribing willy-nilly to everything that comes down the pike in order to be nice. Many people often look at me from a Christian perspective and say, but didn't, isn't that what Jesus' love was all about? And I remember an old firebrand preacher saying, Jesus Christ did not come into this world to make bad people feel good. He came into this world to make the spiritually dead live. And that is eternity with him. Eternity without him is what is classified biblically, theologically, and in a mandate as a perennial and eternal hell. That is separation from God. Where are you in the journey as you look at the world around us and this widening chasm? Are you going to stand at the ends of that chasm and fill in the holes so this grave is not a perpetual grave that goes on forever? Are we going to take a stand against this absolute ignorance and mayhem that is across the board? I mean, when we have people who call themselves influencers and I ask them what they do and they say, I don't know, I'm just an influencer. Well, what do you do? I influence. John Maxwell, the great uh, leadership luminary said, influence, leadership is influence. He also adds that everybody directly or indirectly will influence 10,000 people. So if you have an influencer going through a cathartic change that is biological and physiological and uh, emotional, and that person has 7.5 million people every day waiting for the new video to come out to talk about a new update on some kind of hood, whether it's girlhood or womanhood, and companies are flocking to that person to give them endorsements, are we actually progressing or regressing? Maybe as we have read Pilgrim's Progress to talk about the journey that Christian took as he went through all of the highs and lows. And in that one allegorical point said, this hill so high I covet to ascend its difficulty will not me offend. As we look at Christian's journey in Pilgrim's Progress, maybe we need to pull out C.S. Lewis's Pilgrim's Regress and ask ourselves if we have actually regressed in this journey Isn't it a travesty and a tragedy to look at the last 40 years and talk about make mountains out of molehills? I think F.W. Borum was right. We are so engaged in looking at the telescopic distance of what we may be able to overcome in some kind of a free love and free suppository way. Instead of looking at the mosquitoes through the microscope that are devouring us every minute. 
Most of the evils in this world are so minusculely microscopic that they don't even seem evil anymore because the definition has died a death of a thousand qualifications. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And a well-meaning pastor running a congregation in excess of 45,000 people when asked, is Jesus the only way? He says, I don't really think so. I think everybody who are good will get into heaven. If that's the case, then Jesus Christ is alive. Why then do we have a church that has 45,000 people catering to a lie? This is what modernity has become. And if you notice, my diatribe is not against the fallen, debauched, devoured society out there. It is maybe for the, the, what was supposed to be a, a, a hospital for sinners that has now somehow become a sanctuary for saints where everybody is walking through their spirituality saying, I am God. And if I just have an affirmation that comes out of a book that may be secret to some and public to others, I can manifest into whichever way I'm going to manifest. Folks, that is perilously close to playing God. That is perilously close to the blasphemy that we see in our times. If you look at the biblical Sodom and Gomorrah and ask ourselves why that was destroyed, and you may think that's a fable, but now scientific evidence is now starting to show that nine crusts beneath the earth, there are actually finding archaeological evidence of things that were burnt and the smell of sulfur. Whether you want to subscribe to the story or not is entirely up to you. But if we go through life at this, calam at this pace that has got calamity written all over it, that chasm that we are digging for ourselves will never have an edge, will never have an end. It will be one long grave that is open on both ends. We don't know how we're going to arrive in there and we don't know if there's an exit on the other end. This Monday, as I sit in my office and ponder what all has happened in the last couple of months and the rapidity with which the decline is progressing, I'm actually sounding the alarm bell on my own self. Remember, I'm nothing but a just a simple motivational speaker who, uh, through the grace of God and the goodness of people, have been able to flap my gums now in, uh, across the globe. But as I travel around, I notice that the people with nothing to their name but just morality are still the ones that cling to the hope of tomorrow. When you look at the people in Africa and they look at the way the church is now turning in the Western world, they said maybe we need to give up our ability to receive monetary gain from the West if we are going to stand tall for the foundations of morality that is our basic ethos. And pastors are telling their congregations to go back to learning how to farm and get a couple of goats and a couple of chickens because if the Western support goes, then they may have to be self-sufficient in their own congregations. But the reason behind their self-sufficiency is a moral one. They're saying we cannot take your money if this is the stand you take. We cannot give you money if this is the stand you take. I'm not talking about boycotts and all. But if I look at the feminist movement and all the progress it had made to allow people to get to the Secretary of State and become powerful enough people to campaign for the highest offices. In countries that were historically male-driven entities, we have had women prime ministers in Pakistan and India. We've had a woman prime minister in Israel and Sri Lanka. 
We've had women make great strides all over the world. My own mama basically went back after an eighth grade education when she was married and eventually finished her life having finished her master's degree because she wanted not to be considered someone who was going to be relegated to domicile because of culture and she was going to defy the odds and go to her grave qualified and educated. But she never abdicated her role. She fought for her right but never abdicated her role. Women have made remarkable strides. Men have made remarkable strides. But today, because of a confusion and the fluidity we have between the very way we think and who we biologically are, we have interspaced everything and the attack is not on the men who think they are women or women who think they are men. I have no qualm in that. I have no fight in that. But what I do believe from the bottom of my heart is what we are attacking indirectly is the children. If we tell them that they can make up their own mind, but they can't vote. We tell them that they can alter themselves, but they cannot drive a car. We tell them that they can completely mutilate themselves because of the feelings they have within, but they are not allowed to partake in alcohol because our laws and regulations for voting and driving and consumption are in the 18, 19, 20, and 21 range, whereas making decisions for themselves is now relegated to teachers teaching them in kindergarten and them able to make a decision that would scientifically alter their forever by the time they're 8, 9, and 10. Folks, I don't know whether to pray, whether to pry, whether to cry, whether to sob, but this is the rally cry of today. Wake up. Wake up. Otherwise, this chasm will be so wide. Now are we going to be able to fill it to have any foundation for the future, but it will be so big we cannot help but slipping into it ourselves. I know I'm a motivational speaker, but I just wanted to give you a rally cry. Send me a comment. Tell me what you think. Info at skylifesuccess.com or krish at krishdunham.com. Just had to get this off my chest. Hope you're all well wherever you are. May God bless you in everything you do. May he give you peace in what you do. May his countenance and his face shine upon you in your comings and goings. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Chris Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.